This is Billy Piper, and you're listening to Girls on Film. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. I'm going to get that gun of mine, and I'm going to change you from a rooster to a hen with one shot. Some people call me a freak. I hate that word. I don't believe in it. Better yet, I don't believe in labels. You know, I think you're the only girl in the world that can stand on a stage with a spotlight in her eye and still see a diamond inside a man's pocket. Because I'm up at five every morning working my ass off. Does someone want to just tell me to my face, you're never going to give me the scores I deserve? Welcome to Girls on Film. I'm your host, Anna Smith. Now, Billy Piper is known for many things, including playing Rose in Doctor Who and starring in the TV series I Hate Susie. Now she's turned to directing with the biting comedy drama Rare Beasts, which is out now in the UK. Billy also wrote and starred in the film while she was pregnant. Billy plays Mandy, a single mother who's strangely attracted to an openly misogynistic man called Pete, played by Leo Bill. The great Kerry Fox and David Thewlis play her parents. Even though I feel scared and angry, I still love and respect myself. Still love and respect myself. Look, you're late every day. I love you. Your breath smells. You're angry, seething. Ah! You know people are calling you Scottish. I'm not Scottish. I caught up with Billy recently to talk about the film. Hi, Billy. Hi. It's good to see you. It's good to see you again. Well, thank you for joining us. As you know, I'm a fan of Rare Beasts and I watched it again last night and it was daring, funny, thought-provoking, very confident in tone. Tell us why you chose this story in particular for your directorial debut. Well, it was something that felt, the story I felt very passionately about telling it was its sort of world and crisis that I understand and I could see happening around me in my sort of late 20s, early 30s amongst my peer group. So it was something I could mine quite easily and something that was sort of burning to sort of get out. That was the story, the way that we filmed it. Those ideas would have came later, although the script really heavily informs the direction in tone, certainly. That's interesting, actually, because I was going to ask you, what kind of key decisions were you making when writing the script about tone? And then how did that evolve as you started the direction process? I was aware of the fact that I was writing a story about something that was quite heavy, quite bleak, quite uncompromising, abstract in places and quite heightened in places in a way that felt sort of fresh and it entertaining to me and almost like a dance almost like a piece of choreography you meet all these characters they're all at the end of their rope they're all it's all it's very it's quite theatrical I would say the movie is quite theatrical that's certainly where I feel most excited as a, a creative person and when there's sort of lack of convention I guess and it just felt like um it, it sort of took it away from feeling like a sort of gritty British domestic drama and opened up the world of sort of playing around a bit more and sort of being a bit more colourful and a bit more extreme and combining all the sort of things that I love and find inspiring like choreography and dance and and theatrics as I said yeah. And I love the way you feel like the scenes kind of career into each other sometimes in a way perhaps to reflect her hectic life and the way that actually that's how it feels for some of us, that you're just racing from one scenario for another to another. Perhaps yeah. any now times reflect on that's how our lives are. I know. And thank, yeah, that's, it's great that you pick up on that because... I, 
I mean, that sort of happened. That was in the script that one scene crashes into the other. But obviously, a lot of that work was achieved in the edit. And it was it was purposeful because I think that moment in my life, and actually it's continued, um, certainly, is it feels like one enormous panic attack, I, I would say. I, I feel like life can often feel like that right now in the modern world that we're living in. Um, although the pace of life has obviously been changed by COVID, but I feel like it becomes this sort of habit or culture has created an enormous amount of anxiety in men, you know, I would say, especially in women. So I wanted that to be reflected in the pace of the film. It's kind of unrelenting. And I really wanted it. I wanted it to feel like that. But but it is, you know, it is uncompromising. It's not going to be for everyone, let's say, because it's, it's quite panic inducing, I would say. But as you suggest, I think it is something a lot of people can relate to. And I'm also interested in the idea, very early on, you tap into, may I say, like the tapping and the women kind of, you know, giving themselves assurances as they walk around the street. And there's this kind of female chorus. (laughs) Just a little bit more about that. Yeah, it was definitely this idea of a chorus, a Greek chorus. It was a for this sort of tapping therapy is a is a genuine thing, and it's something I did once when I first started doing therapy, just trying to find my way and find what would work for me. And it was something that I've always found very funny. Positive affirmations have never worked for me. I think I'm slightly too far gone for that. Um, but it it did always tickle me this idea of walking around the streets tapping. T- pressure points kind of affirming myself and I thought that, that would be great to be represented in the film and the the idea of the the sort of Greek chorus is this is a woman who was very confused by modern feminism and where her loyalties lie and if she admits to missing male intimacy or, or, or a relationship is she somehow not loyal to her tribe and just these things that can sometimes become quite confusing as a as a modern woman, I guess. I want a five hour day. You believe in heaven. I want to make stew that keeps. You don't need to make stew. What do you want? What do you want? I want a man. Man, I send you mad, man. And so you know the women on the streets, and you know they were sort of all talking to that point. I guess they're they're very funny. Yeah, it's very amusing. I will come back to a bit more on that in a sec, but I want to talk to you about the casting, of course, Um, not only yourself, but fantastic cast. What were you looking for? What kind of qualities were you looking for in your actors? I really wanted actors who weren't going to have some sort of comment on the part they were playing, not because I'm precious about it, but because I find that quite boring and annoying to watch. I wanted everyone to, you know, really go for these kind of beastly characters without that sort of quest to make them likeable. They're not particularly likeable. They're they're kind of funny, I guess, um, but they're hard work. They're sort of punishing people and they've all got their own axe to grind. Um, So it was just about finding people who weren't afraid to come across in a harsh light, I guess. And I love casting people with theatre backgrounds as well I just think they're in their bodies a lot they're bigger I think the performances you know throughout the film are quite big in places but I I really I really love that I'm so like bored of watching like mannered performances where nothing's moving except the eyes and I know that's been a technique that people have pulled on for years and years but I just that's just not what I'm into I like things being like 
kind of vulgar in size, <laughs> which you'll see from the well, film. Yeah, case in point. What a convincing family you made. And I feel like you, you and Kerry Fox just feel like you really could be mother and daughter and it really it really works. Oh, thanks. That's really good to know. That's really good to know because that relationship in the film is very important. As we know, that mother-daughter relationship can be, again, quite a potent one and can often, uh, I don't know, hijack you as a as a child if your mother is feeling low or lamenting about her life or opportunities missed opportunities and how that then impacts your life and how you progress in in professionally but in love and um meaningful relationships so there was a lot going on there but also like Carrie's just a legend is it she, she's she's it was so good to see her play somebody like that to pull on the sort of comedy more than I think I'm used to seeing from her. She's always going to have that intensity and that very emotive weight about her as a, as an actor. She's such a brilliant actor and she's so supportive as a woman. You know, she really has been behind me a lot from, from reading the script for the first time and, and, you know, we've hung out socially and she really has championed me and it's it's been really nice. It's been really encouraging. Angry bags all over me. You're all right, Mum. I'm sad. I'm mad. Pizza. Pete? Marion. Well, it's clearly a very successful collaboration with everyone. Um, what were the challenges when you came to the shoot and obviously starring and directing um, and what did you overcome? There's lots of challenges. I'm realising in getting an independent film off the ground, it, I, I didn't realise quite how much of a leap of faith that is and how how often you have to hold your nerve but to be honest the shooting of it was I was such a wonderful experience for me it's where I felt most at home it's where I felt most creative I didn't feel strung out by that I prepped really really hard and I think in the future I'd want to prep less and just see what happened I was quite controlling um but I was also aware that this was my first job as a director it was very time sensitive I was very pregnant and it was a case of moving quite quickly so the prep really really helped me um so it's more it's more the sort of logistical things practical things that become tricky I did find it quite hard instructing people that wasn't a position that I was used to um certainly I found that quite hard instructing men it was a very telling experience for me I I got used to it you have to quite quickly but you know as an actor I realized sort of in many ways how sort of powerless you are so that's why I think I struggled with it initially what kind of um, inspirations do you have? I mean, this is very distinct tone all of its own, of course, but are there any particular inspirations you draw from from your personal love of film? In terms of the style of the, the shooting style, I would I draw a lot from Busby Berkeley and Pina Bausch and 
a lot of sort of choreography, as I said, and I'm realizing that more and more, the more I watch it as we're getting ready to release the film and having had some space from it, I'm realizing how much those artists have influenced my film and, and me creatively as a person. I'm um, a huge fan of Paul Thomas Anderson. I'm obsessed with how dynamic he is with the camera and, and his sense of pace and use of music and the way he sort of is sort of bloodthirsty for character. I love that. But the story itself is very much influenced by a period of time in my life, late 20s into early 30s, which felt like this really rude awakening and sort of felt like we had been told or sold this concept of you can do it all, you can have it all. And actually all I could see around me was women sort of burning out. That was obviously a very personal experience. The scenes in her workplace are interesting because there's a lot of people in conversation, they're very funny. A lot of people sort of trying to they basically they've all got a kind of gender-based agenda when they're pitching. Um, talk to me a bit more about that because I felt like I hadn't seen that angle before. Really? Well, I feel like a lot of times, as you're sort of pointing out, people are very worried about being politically correct. Um, yeah. And your film kind of dodges that and also, also kind of tackles that very issue head on. Look, I, I'm aware that it, go, it goes on. I've experienced it myself. And something that this film does, I think, is it's not big on subtext. It's very much out there and it's very loud and that offers something quite confronting and but it to me it really feels true it these moments feel true I, I guess it all just comes with a massive dose of honesty and that's not that's not always going to be everyone's cup of tea but people think this way people feel this way and sadly I'm not sure we've moved on so much that these conversations aren't still happening but I wanted to expose them I wanted to expose us all in this film in a way that hopefully does feel on some level familiar however uncomfortable or comfortable you are with owning that part of your personality I guess I also saw like that I saw around the sort of Me Too stuff, I saw how it was affecting men. Um, obviously, I was very aware of how it was affecting women, but I found it quite interesting to observe in men and the sort of f the fear around day-to-day -day life and some of the, some anger as well about feeling impotent, I guess. Yeah, that comes across very well. And I think what I was interested in as well is how well you write men as well as women and how convincing those men are and how appealing I think this film is to both genders because I showed it to my husband for the first time last night and he he's quite hard to please he absolutely loved it and he was really did he oh, that's so good and that was great to, to see that because I knew that I loved it but to see that that it relate you know him really getting it and relating to it how, well that's I mean, good to, that's good to know because I feel like when I talk about the film the film to me especially now on reflection when I watch it back is is is, is so much about to me it's like this is a full mental health crisis um or, or the cost of you know what it costs to be a, a woman and I that's how it feels to me but I'm always slightly nervous of saying that to to um guys they're like oh I don't want to watch it then but actually it really there is a lot of male energy in there that needs to be discussed and and enjoyed if you are the right guy, I guess. If you're able to go put your hand up and go, oh yeah, I do do that a bit. It depends how comfortable you are, I guess, with owning your yourself, yeah. So are you single, Pete? I find women intolerable. Right. I'm gonna go home and whack over your Instagram pictures, okay? 
but only the ones with your mouth closed. Well, let's talk a little bit more about Leo with that in mind, actually, um, because he is so right for that role. What kind of kind of preparation conversations did you have? And did you do rehearsals together? Yeah, we did rehearsals together, but we didn't um, overcook it because I think the prep in the work, the shooting was so great that I didn't want to like really nail the performances um, to the post. I've always really loved Leo Bill. I've always thought he's brilliant. He's a brilliant character actor. I hadn't been used to seeing him play a straight part in that way. Um, and I was sort of desperate to see that, but he's so good at comedy and he's perfectly fine with like coming across the, well, the way he comes across, I, I guess. It doesn't seem to be sort of a precious actor in that, in that sense. He's got great ideas. He's really good when it comes to improvisation. He's he was incredibly supportive to me. I just think he's brilliant. I'm so I'm sort of so excited for this film to come out on a personal level, but I'm really excited for people to see Leo like this. Yeah, because I'd never seen him in, as you say, in that leading role. And he was just perfect and also quite unexpected, which I think works really really well you, you know the, the dynamic between the two of your characters is right on the edge sometimes and I love how the, you don't actually really feel that they're possibly meant to be together uh, but yet people make certain decisions were there any scenes in particular where you felt the energy was so intense that it was really working almost exploding do you know what? it's really hard for me to remember because in the shooting of it I'm acting in it with um I'm so I'm in the scene as an actor but I'm also kind of got an eye on Leo in a sort of in a director's mind I, I'm not sure that I was as an actor like in a scene uh, that's going well I get very it's very thrilling and you kind of go oh this is I know what this is this is feeling this has got some fears this is feeling um this is feeling special but I'm not sure I was able to do that in the making of Rare Beast just because I had so many different hats on but certainly when I was watching the rushes and just from being around Leo and he's up for a laugh and that just makes everything so much easier and his sort of cruelty in the character it's very funny. And I think what Pete represents is almost like sometimes we can be drawn to people who say the things, the most awful things that we think about ourselves. And it's very sick, but it's it happens far too often. And he, you know, he he reflects back at her a lot of these sort of awful crippling insecurities and hopelessness and nihilist behavior that she possesses he reflects that back to her sometimes you can't be help but be drawn to someone like that he does that so well i'm what you call a post 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 feminist mm, just an original woman what is going on here she used to be such a funny child she used to write these little love letters and then often little death threats I want to unveil myself to you one piece at a time so that I can talk you through what I physically hate about myself. You mentioned improv. How much is improv if it's hard to sort of reveal that? Not a lot because I'm quite controlling. <laughs> um, not a great deal um, in the scenes of, uh, you know, the sort of dialogue scenes because the script is is a very particular style. The language is 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 quite heavy and it moves quite quickly and is also quite theatrical. So there wasn't a lot of room for you know improv 
in the in the sort of dialogue moments but certainly when it came to um a lot of the montages or um stuff on the south bank with larch and actually i did a really great uh which actually made the film when he's doing the prayer with david thewlis and he he messes it up because it's almost like he's sort of losing a sense of his own faith that was all improvised by leah and i just i just loved that in terms of writing dialogue, which I'm I'm a big fan of a lot of dialogue myself, and I think this, this is all really sharp and funny. Talk to me a little bit more about the process of writing the comedy, and do you just rely on your own instincts for that, and you know what's going to land? I mean, how does that work for you? I think I have quite a bleak sense of humour myself. I'm someone who loves wordy films and lots of dialogue. I'm, I'm not into films where there's no dialogue. Um, lots of my friends are in a way when I was writing it I was writing it for myself and my friends as a sort of like love letter to my friends or my or myself so it was very much about what made me laugh there wasn't really any technique in it at all it's just an instinctive thing I think one of my favorite scenes is um the wedding scene when it comes to the evening and the way the camera moves around the dance floor and the energy in that when you start to dance is terrific can you talk to me a little bit more about how that all came together if we had more money um the whole thing would have probably been a musical I just I just love I love music in film. I love dance in film or theatre. I love how it makes you feel emotionally. It just gives you this sort of soaring effect that you can't achieve in um, using other techniques. And yeah, it's it's, it's the moment in the film where she feels like maybe she's made the right choice with this guy and things are actually okay, even though the environment is really weird and people are behaving um, in a way that feels very unfamiliar to her. But also it's very intoxicating and very seductive because they're together. It's a family that are together and rooting for love, even in a way, even though it's, it's totally strange and so it felt like a time to just have that sort of explosive sort of chemical romantic moment and so yeah we did a bit of choreography we um those were some of the heavier days and it was right at the end of the shoot it was me at my most pregnant so it was technically hard to achieve because I had to hide so much of myself so we worked very closely with a body double who also did the sex scenes um or the undressing scene yeah, it was it was very thrilling, and the and the weirder it got, what you know, once we sort of achieved all of the, the the moments that felt sort of crucial within the storytelling, once we'd achieved all that stuff, then it just gets super weird. I just I just loved that. I loved everybody just really reaching for the sort of absurdity. We've got a few minutes left, so I wanted to ask you: Is there anyone else cast or crew that you wanted to mention or talk about the process? I think Toby, who plays Larch, is so brilliant because that relationship, like every relationship within the film, is is very strained. And what he does so well, although I don't think we discussed it, I'm not sure he was particularly conscious of it, but it's so beautifully achieved, is whether this kid has an, an issue, like a, a an issue, a behavioural, whether it's behavioural, whether it's something more, whether it's behavioural and it's born out of the mother's sort of dysfunction or the fact that she's at work all the time or the fact that the house is full of pain and and trying to work out what it is that's making this kid completely sort of feral and wild in a way that it isn't necessarily fun is just quite troubling so he's fantastic at that 
Um, he's a lot older than you think he is. He's emotionally very sophisticated. So he was great. Who else did I absolutely love working with? I love working with our DP, Patrick Meller. He was, because he had sort of act as my my director as well. So that relationship was crucial and our references were all the, were the, were the same. And he really backed my ideas, even though they were all um, quite unconventional. So I'm really grateful for that. I didn't have someone kind of going, really, do you really want to do that? He was like, the camera's just not going to ever move in that way. And um, so we'd have to break certain things, break bits of news to me that felt disappointing. But he was brilliant. And he, we had no time, you know, same old story. I felt like watching that, you must have gotten really well with your DB because it was such a strong, you know, visual tone. Um, yeah, really successful. Well, Billy, we're practically, our time is up. But um, thank you so much for joining us to talk about Rare Beast. And um, congrats again, making a very entertaining uh, film as well as a very important one. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks. Welcome to my life. How long are you staying for? Indefinitely. We should go and watch people being happy. Every wife, respect your husband! That was Billy Piper. And the time has come. UK cinemas have finally reopened. So if you feel safe and able, why not catch Rare Beasts on the big screen? I saw it at the Everyman Broadgate the other day. It was a special screening with Jaguar and my gosh, it felt so good to be back at the cinema. If you can't get to a cinema, then Rare Beasts is also available on digital. If you'd like to watch a video of this interview, then head over to our Patreon page. The link is in the show notes where you'll also find a link for our YouTube show with Billy last year. Check out episode 28 of Girls on Film to hear Kerry Fox talking about her part in Rare Beasts. For more female-directed films, then check out the Cheltenham International Film Festival. It's on until the 5th of June 2021, and I'm happy to be the chair of the jury this year as well. Go to www.cheltfilm.com. Girls on Film is an HLA production, brought to you by executive producer Hedda Archbold, Audio producer Emma Butt, assistant producers Heather Dempsey and Eliana Jay. And this episode is in association with our principal partner, Peter Brewer. Thanks, Pete. You've been listening to me, Anna Smith, and I was joined by Billy Piper. See you soon and stay safe, everyone. Still loving, respect.